very uh, wonderful event took place this morning, and uh, much of it has to do with many of you. Um, we introduced Tom Ray many, many, many months ago as our Director of Religious Education, and Tom this morning was ordained a transitional deacon by Archbishop Schnur. It was a very uh, wonderful celebration uh, down in the smaller chapel of the cathedral. And um, you know, Tom, even though he works here, did not necessarily have to be uh, assigned here for um, help in his formation towards diaconate, but the Archbishop felt that this was uh, the best parish for him to do that in. And again, it's because of who he's surrounded with here, you, uh, as well as the clergy to uh, help him on his journey. So we uh, will look forward to his ordination as a priest, which will probably happen within the next six months or so. My hope is that that will actually take place here in our church. And of course, everyone will be invited uh, to that. So we'll look, look forward to, to good things for him and certainly for us as a parish community as well. Today we celebrate the, the feast that is called the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. And there was a time when this feast was called the Triumph of the Cross. And, and the feast has a very long history. There was this uh, fourth century church historian by the name of Eusebius. And he tells in his writings of, um, about the emperor of Rome whose name is Constantine. And Constantine was in battle. There were actually uh, three emperors who were supposed to be working together with one another, but they, they weren't doing that very well. And so they were fighting with each other in the hopes that one of them, of course, would, would become uh, the superior. And Constantine was losing uh, the battle. And um, an evening before a major battle was to occur, he had a vision of a cross. Uh, and, and the cross appeared with the words, in this sign you shall conquer. And he goes into that battle the next day, it's called the Battle of the Milvian Bridge, and uh, he was exceedingly triumphant. Uh, the uh, co-emperor fell off the bridge and drowned in the Tiber River, and uh, uh, things ended very quickly. And of course, Constantine then becomes the Roman emperor, and of course that brings good things for Christianity. Constantine's mother was a Christian, Helena, and uh, you know how all good moms are. They can usually convince their sons uh, to be good, and uh, he eventually converts to Christianity, and um, you know, the, we are who we are today as a result of that. He ends the persecution of the church. And then on September the 14th of the year 326, his mother discovers the remains of the true cross in Jerusalem. And so that gives us this date for this feast. And um, you know, it's, it's a, a story and a feast then that have been celebrated since the, those earliest days uh, as the church rejoiced in its freedom. But the cross itself, you know, many of us wear the, the cross around our neck, uh, some as jewelry, but I think, and I hope most of us wear it because of what it reminds us of. But the cross does not immediately become a symbol of Christianity. You know, it's, it's a symbol and a sign of torture, uh, of death for slaves and traitors and uh, the very worst of criminals. 
And crucifixion, when it was enforced by the Romans, was, was a lot more than just a means of execution because it was designed to completely debase the person who was being crucified. And the idea was to humiliate them. And so individuals were tortured in public. They were crucified naked so that all passerbys would watch and be warned that you do not play games with the Roman Empire. That if you do, this fate awaits you. And so crucifixion sent a very powerful message about what would happen if you defy the powers that be. And because it was a, a symbol of Rome's brutal rule, the cross then becomes a symbol of hatred for the Roman Empire. You know, the, the cross, this symbol, this sign of excruciating and debasing capital punishment, then presents us with a contradiction. You know, why, why did a, a symbol of hatred, why did a symbol of a hated empire and of death become a sign of, of life, become the symbol of sacrificial love? You know, as we hear this evening in our scriptures, it was Jesus' obedience even until death, death on a cross, that what? That, that redeems us. The cross, by the very act of Jesus' love for us, became then a symbol of the ultimate act of love. And there was a time, and I can say that I haven't noticed this very often these days, was a time when every Catholic home had a crucifix enjoying a place of honor. You know, every bed had a crucifix hanging over it. And uh, you know, it was a sign of trust, a sign of trust in the care and protection of a loving Savior. There's a story about a, a grandson who was thrilled when he inherited the crucifix that had hung very prominently in his grandparents' home. And so he, he puts it in a very prominent place in his own home and he hangs on to it because of, of what it means to him and, and certainly what he thought it meant to his family. Years later, there's this family reunion and he brings the crucifix with him and you know he's thinking that with this, everyone will remember the grandparents. And so his aunts and his uncles uh, and most of his cousins who were old enough to remember the crucifix, they accused him of making up the story that that crucifix had hung in the grandparents' home at all. And so he's flabbergasted, you know, that, that he's the only one to have remembered this hanging in a very prominent place. You know, all were astonished because as they were sharing pictures, they all began to notice that in all of their pictures that crucifix was present and yet they had forgotten about its presence. That they had either never noticed it or they had forgotten it. 
You know, on this feast of the Holy Cross, perhaps we should ask if we have become so used to seeing crucifixes around us that maybe we don't see them anymore. You know, have we forgotten the history? Have we forgotten the meaning of the crucifix? You know, how many of us know why we as Catholic Christians have a corpus, the body of Christ on the cross, and our brothers and sisters who are Protestants do not? How many wear the cross around their neck and only see it as a pretty piece of gold or silver jewelry? You know, how many of us see a, a pretty cross and remember that it was a horrible instrument of torture, but also a means of salvation? And do our crosses evoke any image of a, a loving God, a loving son who was obedient even unto death? Today would be a, a good day to remember that the symbol of ultimate love should be more than just a decoration. The cross should point us to, to God's love and, and not be an object admired only because it's pretty.